welcome to the inaugural episode of the Fortnite Drop-In Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis, joined by my fellow partner in crime and brother, Adam. Hello, hello feather, fellow bots. <laughs> yes, uh, we're world-renowned on the Fortnite universe as bots because evidently we're not good. <laughs> this podcast is going to be a kind of a focused look at Fortnite as far as the esports scene and just our general take on what's developing in the Fortnite universe, which is, as we all know, it's changing daily. Yeah, this podcast will focus on the week three World Cup semis, specifically the Northeast region solos edition. Today is the start of the week four duos. Uh, we will cover that in a later podcast. Yeah, and um, just kind of our general experience with Fortnite. I dabbled in Fortnite um, probably f about a year ago um, when it when I when I found out it was going to be released for the N Nintendo Switch, which is my primary gaming platform. I then installed Fortnite on my PC to see what all the hype was about, and realized that keyboard and mouse controls are not for me. Um, but I once it downloaded a Switch. I got the bug and I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, it took me a while for the bug to uh, catch on with me. Uh, my brothers were playing with it. We kind of play as a group uh, on the Switch. Then I took about a three-month break, and then Dennis told me that we would that the, the, they had zombies in the game in October, and then shortly after that they had started adding golf carts. So I played with the golf carts for a little bit. Uh, then a few weeks later, they added planes, and so I was just playing to play with the planes, and I gradually started playing more and more and uh, started getting a little bit better at building. I'm still, I would say I'm post-novice, but I'm not quick enough to be called like a good builder. Like I'm somewhat decent at it, and that's what separates, the, that, that's how you get the skill gap in Fortnite, which makes it really addicting is it's the building because everybody can kind of figure out how to shoot people and there's a, a wide range of guns and loadouts that you can do and have some success with eliminating but the biggest part is getting the high ground rotations uh 90 degree rotations and uh sneaking up on people um, and surviving surviving is a big part of it so yeah it's yes yeah the eliminations isn't necessarily the way to go. I mean, there are aggressive players and that's what they like love to do is get as many kills in the lobby or eliminations in the lobby as possible. But uh, yeah, like we said, our focus today is going to be uh, the Northeast regions week three solos world cup. And specifically day one of that, we watched about one to two hours of it. It's a 10 hour live stream because it covers all the regions. So we wanted to focus on the region that we would be playing in if we were good enough. So, uh, Dennis, you want to kind of explain the qualifying process because it gets it can be kind of complicated for for noobs. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I would say. Either listen to this podcast to get some background on how it's set up, or do some research yourself online because it's not the most self-explanatory system. But once you understand, it's actually pretty simple. But the way it works is um, in in version eight point two, the update that came out a couple of weeks ago, actually in April, um, I think mid-April is when it was released. The qualifying process starts with the new arena mode and there's no real set schedule for the mode so that players can earn points whenever you want to which you basically it's a 
um, tier system. Well, that's probably not a good term since tiers already used, but it's a there's divisions similar to if you've ever played games like um, Hearthstone, where there's different ranks and you rank up. Well, there's seven divisions starting um, with uh, I don't know the exact term for the first three divisions. Um, beginner is that what it is? Um, the open division open division and then it goes into contender division and you're ultimately striving towards the um elite division although it's not called elite i'm drawing a blank on it's champions what, edition champions. You, you get 300 hype points you get hype yes. points for you get hype points and you're doing different things like get it by placement or eliminations those sorts of things um but you want to work your all the way up to the top division in arena mode that qualifies you for the world cup open online tournaments, which happen every week and they alternate weekly. One week will be singles or solo. And the other one will be duos um, each weekend. Then when you, if you're in champion division, division seven, each weekend will kick off with the online open semifinals on Saturday. These happen over the course of a three hour window where each player gets 10 matches to play within that three our window and then the top 3,000 players in their region will then advance to the open finals on Sunday and that's where the money comes in um, and the open finals every player will their score resets from the previous day and they'll once again have three hours to play 10 matches the top finishers will receive a portion of the one million dollar prize pool and a few select players will earn a qualification spot for the World Cup in New York City on July 26th through the 28th um, and that that the number of people that qualify per region, I think depends on how many players are on average play in those divisions. So like yeah. Europe, in the North, in the North, North American East spots. Since they have, they, they have six spots, but it's also the most competitive and the most number of people playing. So uh, Europe gets, I think eight qualifiers, but that's a bigger region. And then Oceania gets two. In the East is six. Yeah. So NA East is really competitive, and as we'll start running down the highlights of what we what we witnessed. Uh, yeah, and um, the the one thing I didn't want to say is the I don't I haven't done the math, but I'm guessing it probably based on the fact that it probably comes to like a couple hundred players will qualify for the live finals in New York City in July. Um, but yeah, esports are things that that you and I used to kind of poke fun at, but I was I don't know about you, but I was completely blown away with the production that they put together at epic yeah it's kind of hard to do fortnite as an esport because you start out with 100 players and each like th there's lots of eliminations early and the beginning part of fortnite as you and i know the way we play is we kind of slow play so you want to gather as many materials as possible uh find the guns that you are comfortable with and then kind of progressively get into the circle as the storm shrinks down so uh with the broadcast they start off there's these two guys and they're really hype which most esports gamers are but they're more of a like they feel like more studio and more polished for some reason i don't know why that is maybe it's because it's on twitch so they're a little more uh, loose but there's the two guys that do the commentating are sundays and I want to say the other guy's name was Zeke. So they start out and they show 24 cameras and then they still say, okay, let's break into the action. And so they, they go into a game and usually there's about 35 people, 25 to 35 people left is it's so when there's actually action yeah. happening. So then there's like all kinds of people all over and they have a, they have a, 
my favorite angle was the wide camera angle for viewing. Uh, players are highlighted in different colors, uh, and you can see the different levels of building. So they'll have everybody's like uh, name or tag on there, but the wide angle they have them that you can see the the top layer of uh, structures being built, the middle, and then the ground level, which is nuts because like people will just fall down and like reset and kind of um, as the storm gets smaller and it's starting to move and rotate, they'll just like fly down, hit the ground at the edge and then start building up. Yeah. And it is really impressive to see if you've played any level of Fortnite well, and, to and, see how, how crazy they are at building. Yeah. And the thing is it almost seems like a different game, but you're, you got to keep in mind that once you're seeing these world cup semi final matches where you've got the elite of the elite playing, um, there are typically when you get to the the phase where the storm starts moving and you have to keep up with the storm and it shrinks as it moves typically you've got maybe four or five people left at the most they have <laughs> on multiple occasions there you're talking dozens of players like 30 people that are still left scrambling around and building on top of each other yeah and another quick note here is in the the world map if you look at the map each color <laughs> there each player for the broadcast they have a different color on the eye of their icon on the map yeah so and it looks insane because it's the overhead view and they're just all like scrunched up in the middle and there's so many players left uh the other thing i wanted to know is how they how ballers that's the ball vehicle that you use to travel yeah uh, and and you have like 200 shield the use of ballers is spam is crazy because there'll be like eight like when they first cut to it there'll be like six to eight ballers and the stronger players just kind of ignore them because ballers are just stuck on the ground and eventually um like the weaker players they'll get their uh ballers popped and then they'll just be like just sniped they'll just be like annihilated yeah, <laughs> very yeah it's, you can tell so once you get once you get uh, under like 15 players the ballers are kind of done but yeah the they basically get ignored and they'll get destroyed later right they're clearly not the elite players are not using those they might use them earlier in the game if they yeah i think they, they use them to get there to get but, to the end game but once they get to the end game they start building and don't and so what i saw uh later some of the more uh savvy players will have a baller like tucked away in their building and so when they get screwed over by the storm they'll pop into the baller bounce over and then pop out of it and start building again as a we're going to jump into the action the first player that they jumped into and i know this might not be the best because this is the first thing that i saw as they jumped in and they were uh, looking at use code Grimmy kid um, wait, before I go with that, uh, other things about the broadcast is in the upper left-hand corner, it tells you how many players are left. In the bottom right-hand corner, it tells you uh, how many storms have ha taken place, which is nice because there's nine uh, yeah. uh, storm shrinking. And the other thing, on the user display name, it tells you how many materials total they have left, which is pretty cool yeah. when they like bounce from player to player. And it also has their height points. So you can kind of keep track in your head uh, with the standings, which you would think that would be really hard with how many games and players there are trying to qualify in the semifinals, but it helps you because they pretty much only focus on a handful of players, which we'll get to that later. 
uh, you, so you can kind of see like who's good, where they are, and like who's like coming out of nowhere. Yeah, so and if some it, it adds drama if they're down to no builds left, you're like, oh wow, they need to get some eliminations because they've got. If they're seriously contending, they need to get some material. Otherwise, they're going to be hurting towards the end game. Yeah, so the first player I highlighted was Use Code Remy Kid. Uh, they broke in with about 35 people left to show action. He, he, I was really impressed with the way he was editing. Uh, and he, he was rotating really, really good. And he was using grenades, uh, which you don't really see a lot of the handhelds. Uh, he weapons. Was- he was editing. He'd edit, throw a grenade, and then close the wall immediately after he threw. Like it was just insane the speed they play with. Yeah, and his like ninety degree rotations were just <laughs> ridiculous because he would just go through walls and then close them back up and then turn and like he was just like <laughs> going nuts. Um, and then after they got off use code Remikid, they jumped off to Cease one hundred T or Cease as they refer to him and. He's kind of a stud. He is one of the aggressive players, you would say. He had a really high elimination count. Uh, he probably had like 20 eliminations in that first game. So he, he got a crap. Like, that's just 20 free points. So he got more points with eliminations than most people do just trying to survive and win the game. Yeah, I, I he impressed me as well. Um, the, the player that I saw – that stood out to me the most was T-F-U, uh, T-F-U-E. He would, he was playing the high ground and then he was able to, then he would just get, pull off some insane shots from crazy distances, get eliminations. And then he got to a point where he needed to drop down and get material, drop down. And then next thing you know, he's right back up, uses a launch pad, gets right back up to the high, the ultimate high ground. And he ended up winning the match. He ended up getting, I believe he had a final score of like, 24 which is insane in one game yes yeah the other thing that i noticed is the announcers were were hype but they weren't like as annoying as like i try to watch overwatch to try to understand why that game's so popular but the broadcast is like very it jumps around a lot and the screen because that game's a faster paced game is the like there's it almost gives me motion sickness, and I don't get motion sickness. So the announcers were hype, but not like over the top. I would say. Yeah, the thing uh, and they the- point out they point out really useful things. Like the one of the guys was like the play-by-play guy, and the other guy was a color commentator. And the color commentators in Fortnite, I was really impressed with because they they picked out things that I didn't necessarily notice. Like yeah, they-, they said, "Little corner uh, sneaky peek." And I think Cease was the first one to do that, where he would put a window right next to a wall like in the corner and just like get people like he would he would he kind of would like he like cease had like a sixth sense of like hearing where other people were and he would like put in a window over in the corner and then just like get people that way too it was really impressive and i think grove was doing that too which i don't have a lot about it but i know they highlighted him in like one of the first couple games and he was doing pretty well, but I think he was one of the aggressive players where he looked really cool on TV, but he got smashed with like 10 players yeah. to go. The thing I'll say about the commentators is they were very additive. They weren't just screaming and getting excited. Like they actually explained the action. And it, similar to watching professional sports, you felt like you learned something about the game and it made you a better player, or at least appreciate what you're watching more. Like they were additive. They weren't just voices screaming like you sometimes see on other esports that i've watched before yeah and then the next thing that i noticed is they like 
jumped into Logic, which is a player's name, and he, he was like doing some decent editing and stuff. But then I don't know exactly what happened. It's been I watched this on like Wednesday, so or Tuesday, and we're recording on a Saturday. So Logic died with no eliminations. He got trapped and was trapped by the storm. So he was he was being highlighted as a stud, and he got eliminated by being by the storm slash structure so that was that was wild to see to see how yeah. uh, like i would have never thought to eliminate somebody just by trapping them but because like usually like we said like in the casual games or the more casual less competitive games when you get to like the last five people you still have like probably two or three or four storm resets so you you have a lot of space so you really won't get trapped but this is this is what happens when the storm starts moving and shrinking like almost like instantly yeah and we're just to give an idea of where we're at we're you and i are basically about mid-tier or mid-level on as far as reaching the division seven i'm, I'm division four and you're getting close to that so we're like i said we're not by any way or any stretch of the imagination professionals but we we aren't um novices either we kind of get what you're we get what you're supposed to do we just can't quite do it yet yeah we're not fast enough we also play on the switch and with controllers so we don't have we don't auto build which i think would uh come in handy in the late in the end game as they yeah. call it um, the other thing that okay, so jumping uh, on to another game, there was a game which ceases duo's partner 100T Kaiuzi, which is nice that the commentators uh, gave us that info. Uh, he had a come from behind win on the ground, and it was I did, it was so unexpected because he was he was like basically playing from his ass, just playing out of his ass, yeah, and he 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 um he got like he got pinched, so he used the rift. And then landed on the ground, and he was able to get the better advantage. And I think this is the one where he was um, shooting at the weak points of the little cones, is what I call them, like the roof, yeah, the roof. pyramids. Yeah, he was he was shooting through that, and he was able to win by playing from the ground. And usually that's impossible because if you're on the ground in a very small bubble at the end of the game, people can people with a high ground, you just shoot down. It's like fish in the barrel because you have nowhere else to go. Right. But he was able to come away with this crazy win. And also that's another thing that I liked about the broadcast is they'll show you the entire um, – view like the wide camera angle on the left and the final two players in a split screen top and bottom so you can see like what the ever what the players are seeing and what it looks like um if you're just a, a spectator watching yeah and well then the, the way it if, you, if anyone's played team rumble mode and you you notice that there's lots of building that goes on in that mode that's like um lego construction compared to actual construction there's the amount of building that occurs is insane i was not prepared to see that yeah and so when you fall if you're on the higher level when you fall you almost guarantee to land on something else granted you're probably going to get eliminated but yeah there's the way everything gets connected it's like a whole new like part of the game is built which is honestly that's what i like about fortnite is like there's lots of platforming and basic video game stuff that you've learned since playing it from the 80s and 90s like granted it's in a 3d environment now but like you're creating your own platforms so that that's really cool and so knowing how to maneuver that and kind of like i just learned after watching this broadcast 
a, a better way to like edit structures. So I don't feel like I'm like, I, I have a better understanding of building the walls on a roof and uh, half like taking away half the wall and like that. Granted, I'm not, I'm definitely not fast enough to be like a top, elite player but it definitely gives you an idea of how to play better and maybe like get a better strategy and win some of these more casual matches so it was very informative yeah i feel like it helps take you from that i mean the easiest comparison is obviously sports when you're talking about competitive gaming but it takes it from like uh rolling a soccer ball out in front of a bunch of five-year-olds and then rolling a soccer ball out in front of a bunch of 13-year-olds and a coach. The 13-year-olds are going to do something that resembles something intelligent, whereas the other kids are just going to go out there and kick around. Yeah, the other thing that – so later they went to a game. There's about 20 people left, and then they jumped to Ninja, which if you know Fortnite, Ninja – is the number one Twitch streamer. So he makes money all the time just by streaming. And he's fairly competitive. But I don't think he's like one of the top ten players in the world. He's just uh, – he plays a lot. He promotes it. And he's like just attached to the game. So uh, he was building, but there was like – he was on a cliff. And he was trying to like rotate around. And he missed – and he fell like 200 feet straight down to his death, which was wild to see because he's very, very good at the game. And he got, he just got pinched and just fell to his elimination, which was, I was not expecting that. And he didn't have a high kill count. And usually he's known for high kill counts, I think. Yeah. The other thing that is, that stood out to me is, um, well, with like Ninja, he he's obviously a well-known streamer, and he he still goes by Ninja when he plays. But a lot of the players change their names to, especially in ranked modes, they'll change it to like a bunch of ones and L's to make it look like a barcode because they don't want to be targeted because of their name. Oh yeah, they they're scared of screen watching. Yeah, well they yeah they're scared of screen watching, and they just don't want basically a a target on their on their avatar because if you, uh, honestly if you're in a game and you see ninja you're gonna tr be tr you're gonna want to be able to say you eliminated ninja let's see it, and like just seeing because it you is it eight games or ten games you get you get ten games okay so there's lots of games that they're able to show you and they'll take like a five minute break in between like a series of like four to six games that they show you and they'll kind of break it down and have replays and go to the big board and point out things in replays. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good broadcast. I like the way – like, it, Fortnite is very – there's a lot of stuff going on. And the way they were able to do a broadcast was – I thought was brilliant. I was impressed. It, 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 the only thing I could compare it to as far as, once again, sports is auto racing where you drop in and see the actual car's view, like the driver's view. Yeah, and then they show the overview. It's kind of like that where they'll they'll drop in and out repeatedly, <laughs> or or like golf, but not it doesn't put you to sleep. Exactly, and so just watching it, just even just like the because when they first jump in, they don't necessarily show you the best players or the best player. They show they jump in, they show somebody that's doing something interesting, and you'll see like a high skill, skill level of rotations. Like they make 90 degree turns and they're following people and they like all of a sudden they get like six eliminations in a row. And while, it, when I say they're doing 90 degree rotations, that's also while building structures and going through walls and um, editing, it's 
it was really in, interesting to watch. They, they never it gives you ideas of how to play better. Like you're never going to be necessarily as good as them, but you can mimic them, and it it does help. Like what what they do makes sense. But like building and editing walls is. I was kind of blown away by how how awesome they were doing that because you you do that and you're moving around these structures and you'll sneak up on people who are just kind of hiding out or maybe they're trying to heal back up because they've taken a lot of hits yeah. and so like the good players make the rotations they see somebody that's kind of like staggering and so they'll just go in for the kill. Um, yeah. The other thing. The announcement team called uh, the small shield potions, which is really hard to say and trying to talk to one of your teammates. It's like, hey, I need a shield potion. Well, now you can refer, refer to the smaller shield potions as minis. So they short to, shorten it to one word. So that's now in my lexicon. So if I'm playing with uh, one of the guys we've met that actually helped us get our first victory royale, Ralph helps people. I'm like, you got any minis? You got any shields? So... Um, that that's going to be helpful going forward right. the next time I play with with strangers or even with you, honestly. Yeah, and the other thing is this game. Um, watching the semis, um, you can now that I understand the format of the tournament, I don't feel like I'm like oh I might as well not watch. I haven't watched the other weeks. Each week it resets, so then it'll just it'll give you watching the weeks leading up to the live finals in New York City will give you an idea of what to. It'll, you'll have you'll be familiar with the players, but it's not like once you get to the live finals, it has nothing to do with the semis other than you had to get to, through the semis to qualify. So it'll give you a base of understanding of who these players are and kind of their play styles. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, let's see. I watched for the first hour. I also watched the second hour, but it didn't take as many detailed notes. I just wanted to see like how the standings shook out. And the guys we talked about today mostly – uh, we're in the top ten, but like like the like the top three thousand moved on to the next day. So, yeah. I, if you want to see who the top six are that advance to the finals, the World Cup finals in New York, you can go look that up. So, the one thing that I thought was interesting is they had shown us like a crap load of games, and then they all said, uh, said, "Oh yeah, Bolt Kane is on." Uh, pace to have his third victory royale in a row and they barely discussed it and then they jumped into his third one and basically just show, showed him winning i think he had like six eliminations so i don't think he's necessarily good for tv because yeah. he plays at a very but he's very cautious and he paces it pretty well to put him in the best place to win so he's getting he's he's uh churning out like victories and getting points that way and some of the other players that like get shown a lot do a lot of eliminations, but Bolro Kane is overall, and I think they even said it like he's not the best at anything. He just does everything, and like overall, like he has no weaknesses. Yeah. He so does. he just keeps he just like keeps churning things up, and also and, in the Fortnite. Exactly, <laughs> it's a good comparison. Uh, the coolest thing that I saw though that really stuck out with me was like there's certain moves that I haven't seen before. So. I saw a waterfall happen in real life. So that's when you're at a high level and you fall, but you have a windowed wall. So you have a wall with one punch out. Mm -hmm. And if you just, as you're falling, if you stack them together, you don't take any damage with a fall. So he did, he fell with like about 12 walls lengths and then uh, stuck a platform at the bottom and landed. So he just like, it was like basically like using an elevator or a water slide to get down to a quicker, to a lower level at a really fast pace. Um, it's kind of a desperation move I, because you can really mess up because you can start 
landing on the walls as you're falling. So to see that play out live and it actually work was nuts. And the broadcast like can't keep up with that. So it like got glitched out and looked like it was falling, but then they showed another view and he just, it was amazing to see. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't really have anything else to add based on what I saw in week three, but, um, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I did have a, we are five days away. I believe at the time of this recording from week or season nine beginning, do you have any predictions or anything you want to see Epic add into the game or change in the next season? Revert. <laughs> okay. No, uh, I still have some more things to talk about. Okay. Before we wrap up. Oh, you're fine. I didn't want to step on your toes there. I... There was um, later in the broadcast after they came back from their first hour break, I think, or right before, there was a guy named Schmecht, and he got a victory royale without getting a single elimination. So I've called him Survivor Man. He's my hero. It was awesome. Well, his, it's just because his building skills were so hot, so good. Like he was like up in the corner, like kind of staying away. And then towards the end of the game, he was able to. I think this is what happened. I, I don't. I mean, it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that he put like a steel stair or ramp whatever you want to call that structure mm-hmm. and kind of like box the guy out. But I don't think he was like overly aggressive about it. The guy who was like being the aggressive player kind of got pinched and Schmecht put up a wall kind of in his area. So he couldn't get around sometimes, the structure. Sometimes it's just the moves you don't make. <laughs> that and then um, I watched they in between hour one and hour two, or maybe it was at the end of hour two, they start doing interviewing people who have already qualified. And there was this guy that I was really impressed with, MSF Clicks. He had really good double edit skills. So that's where you uh, put up a wall, put punch out the window, and then really quickly edit it to something else. Or like, so he was just like going quick. It turns out he's like a 14 year old boy. And that blew me away because he was so good at the game. <laughs> And when we were 14, we were playing Madden on the PS2. Or NBA Live. Like, and we didn't have good internet. Like in 2001, 2002, 2003, we probably could have been decent players, but the internet sucked back in the day Like for, for a really good eSport scene. And I don't know, maybe Grand Theft Auto, but we mainly focused on like Madden and NBA Live. But like Madden on the PS2 era, we might have been able to win some money. But like these guys, like MSF Clicks has a chance at winning. Like they're giving away $30 million in prizes. He could probably win, if he gets on a good streak, he could win like $100,000. So he he was going to have his college paid for. Like it's ridiculous. So that's one of my big takeaways. Back in our day, if you wanted to play an eSport, you had to go to an NFL stadium and enter a Madden tournament with like 4,000 people. Yeah, or... Or play like Halo Xbox, maybe, but yeah. like still, that wasn't that was more local. It wasn't like a worldwide thing. Yeah, now it's with the internet and high speed. It it it's all done through the internet. I don't. It's it's an amazing time we are living in, and we're on the uh, we're still on the very 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 early stages of this becoming mainstream. Yeah, it's getting close though. Like Fortnite is like I can't believe how popular it is. And it's on. You can play it on your. They said that the the one thing we I don't think we forget, we mentioned was for these World Cup qualifiers, 
it's any device. It's open to any device that has Fortnite. And Fortnite, you can basically, you can play on your fridge. You can play on your cell phones. You can play on iPads. They said people on iPads qualified. I was and at Best Buy the other that's day. That's crazy. Refrigerator. Did you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't be, and it's so big, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a Fortnite-branded refrigerator. Yeah, there's Fortnite everything. But uh, another thing I wanted to mention before we, like, wrapped up and started talking about our next podcast and ideas is after the game ends and you get the because the victory royale happens and so it goes slow motion and then uh after that happens sorry i said that a little quick yeah it zooms out the camera zooms out and shows like what like the most recent uh world is and it shows all these structures that are connected and like up down left right and it to me that was like mesmerizing mesmerizing because you have all these players who are really good at the game and really good at building and so it almost looks like like houses and stuff like there's so much going on it's like you're in uh is it favelas in brazil like where they're built on like neighborhoods built on the side of mountains that's yeah that's what it looks like especially if it, if you it's if, if the final area is like well, a mountain or a cliff real good especially with their camera angle they're real good about like explaining how the terrains that's coming up with the way the storm is moving they're really good about explaining how that's going to favor one player over the other it's like i said the, the broadcast is a plus quality yeah and the other thing is like they're really quick to point out if like somebody uses a rift they're like oh he, he he's screwed he's out of materials or he's in a bad position and then about when they say that the player will like use a rift and reset themselves or uh oh, one thing in these elite level games is they try to get the 10 pack of gliders because then you can it, you have a quicker release than if you were using um the normal glider yeah because it takes forever to to open and close whereas the gliders it's really quick and you can uh, get, gain ground and get on top of somebody if you're higher you can just zoom in get behind them and lay the smackdown on them well, the other thing is when you're using the gliders the the other players are so good about tracking the speed of players that you need to be able to deploy and redeploy to change up the speed. Otherwise, they'll just shoot you down. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. Is they're like up high in their little tower, and these people are trying to gain on them, but they're they're having their um, their loading glider, and yeah. so they're going slower. And they're just able to judge the speed and like pick you off. There was one, I forget who it was. So sorry for not remembering your name, All Star. But uh, <laughs> this guy was on a zip line and he, all he had was a heavy sniper. And on the, he was on the zip line going and he was able to, while on the zip line, turn and get an elimination like right next to this guy. It was, it was unbelievable, and he didn't even—he didn't aim or anything. He just like boom, flicked it and smacked him. Well, my, you got any any wild out of the blue prediction as to who you think is going to win in New York City, based on your one week of viewing? I I'm interesting to see. I'm giving you fifty bucks to put on a long shot. Who are you picking? I like MSF Click's editing skills, like. He was really quick and really good and really young, so I, I like him a lot. Like that was really impressive. Yeah, impressive. Um, apparently, Bolt Royal Kane knows how to get victory royales. Like stacking VRs is nuts. Hey, Tim Tim Duncan's got a lot of championships. And then um, T, T Fuse, my pick. 
uh, Cayuse, 100T Cayuse and Cease, they were just getting eliminations like crazy. So, and they like Cease is really good at having high ground too. Like he he's very good at fishing the barrel. And the other thing is, I don't know if Schmecht made it, but I want to see that if anybody else uses that strategy where they're not necessarily good at killing or getting eliminations, but they have really good editing skills to edit people out of the storm or out of the eye of the storm to their death, like trapping. Like he got a lot of eliminations, but he doesn't get credit for them because he didn't actually hit them with a bullet. He just edited it. He just built structures around them to eliminate them. So I want to see if other people play like Schmecht and if that will get you in the money. Well, we it'll be certainly interesting to watch as we progress towards the finals. Um, but like I touched upon earlier, is there anything in season nine you want to see? I, w- I want to see the volcano go away. That is a very weird thing that they added. And when I get there to the lava pits, it's not like Fortnite because the ground is lava. So it's hard to kind of build up and around people. And there's all kinds of like landmarks that are make it hard to see other players. So I don't really like the volcano. I want to see helicopters. <laughs> I've been predicting it for about two months now. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping that since this was pirate themed, that we would get Name battleship. Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe a boat, but have it be like corny like a really small speedboat or like a raft type boat so you can get to make it to make water tra- travel faster dinghies. yes dinghies little dinghies dinghies would um, be amazing they just added an invisible potion it doesn't last very long but when you're in when they you it's called a shadow bomb so you do the shadow bomb and then you can jump from structure to structure to like kind of like maneuver around somebody and sneak up on them i use that once successfully since it's been added but i kind of forget that it's there and to use it. Yeah, so it was just added on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, two days ago. So I want to know if that was in... Well, it is in the arena battle, so it will be in World Cup. That's the other thing that's crazy is... So the qualifying takes such a long amount of time that the game will change. And that's one thing I love about Epic and Fortnite is they always make the game fresh. So people want to revert back to a, a different system but that's not how Fortnite works like they add little things here and there to make the game feel fresh and so it it keeps people honest yeah and there's lots of strategies to win so Fortnite is learning how to adapt to the new mechanics which is what I think honestly adds to the charm Um, but yeah building is always going to be a core of the game is knowing how to build and edit structures and use that to your advantage and they add other weapons to make it more competitive. So, like, if I got a uh, a minigun, which is the the short SMG that fire was like just rapid fire. If I had one of those, got into like the final ten of just like a casual game, and a grenade launcher, like I would have a shot at winning because yeah. I would get because that's a, the whole. P- one of the strategy that is able to work if you're not that great at the game is you get in a baller and you slowly creep to the final circle 
And then, then if you're decent at building, you can build up to around players and are able to survive a little bit if you have some of the what quote unquote what the pro players call uh, uh, cheap guns or cheap tactics which you can get eliminations that way but in like the like we play more casual so you can win you can get a victory royale just by having just by playing slow surviving to the inner circle and then having a good gun because if you have like i ran into the problem where i should have been in the final 10 but I uh, was playing slow, so I wasn't being aggressive enough at getting weapons. And that's the other thing is the I ran out of bullets and I wound up the guy I got down to. I hit him with an axe because that's all I had left was the pickaxe. And I got him down to one HP and I should have knocked him out, but I ran out of bullets. Um, yeah, but what the one thing I wanted to highlight is the guys that are aggressive and get the eliminations, like they they only get they get more aggressive when they're low on materials or a- ammunition. So you'll see them like get in almost like in a panic where they're like, okay, there's a guy over there, I need to get him, and they run and get their stuff. And uh, it's a high risk move, but if they have decent editing and building skills, they can uh, uh, put up uh, a wall, heal up, get get. Uh, materials and then get, go back out to doing what they're doing and rotating around uh, the circle and uh, getting their 90 degree rotation. But it's interesting to see when they like, it's like, it's almost like um, when they're low on materials, it's uh, the same thing as when you put a magnifying glass to an ant and the ant runs away because it's, it's catching fire. Like that, that's what happens in, in this. So it, it's, it, it makes it interesting to watch if you have some idea like we've played like i put in 190 hours into Fortnite, so i have a decent understanding of the game but then watching uh the elite players play you can kind of get strategies because or you can get more informed about the game because if you're just playing casually when you get eliminated you're like well that sucks you don't understand but, how you're getting beat so badly yeah, yeah. well Certainly a wonderful game, and this is just the first of many episodes of the Fortnite drop-in. Um, thanks for listening to our inaugural episode. Did you have anything you wanted to plug, Adam? No, just uh, get ready to drop in next. Where are we dropping? Yep, and um, for all your Fortnite news, um, continue to subscribe to this wonderful podcast that you've listened to one episode of, and feel free to check out our blog, Nerd Jock blog.com that's n-e-r-d-j-o-c-k-b-l-o-g.com um, we'll have some Fortnite news up there and some wonderful related topics about sports and video games this has been dennis thanks for listening